Rise and shout. We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Tight trips left. Option look. Keeper Jaron. 10, 5, touchdown Cougars! Jaron Hall scores! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. To get you ready for BYU football, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Tonight, the 13th-ranked BYU Cougars are in Logan. It is a beautiful night to face the Utah State Aggies. My name is Jason Shepard. Thank you so much for joining us for BYU football. Joining me from the press box here in Logan is former BYU and Utah State quarterback Riley Nelson. Riley, BYU 4-0, Utah State 3-1. I'm not sure either fan base would have expected these records coming into tonight's game. But both fan bases will gladly accept it. No, it's great to, whenever this, heck, whenever any in-state game has, you know, real meaning to it and the teams are playing good football, not only does it heighten the emotions and the intensity around the rivalry, but all of the football fans in the state just get to sit down and watch talented players execute good schemes and have a great display in front of them. So, I couldn't be more excited for the game tonight. Yeah, certainly going to be a fantastic atmosphere as I look out uh, over the field here, Merlin Olsen Field here at Maverick Stadium. You start to see the Utah State students making their way in. It is a blackout tonight, so all the students wearing black. BYU will be in the uh, royal and white uniforms uh, for tonight's game. But before the Cougars face the Aggies, let's get to our game headlines. Tonight's matchup is the 90th meeting between these two teams. The Cougars right now have a uh, winning record of 49-37-3. Now, BYU did win the last game that was played between these two schools back in 2019. A game was played right here in Logan. And the last four, though, 2-2. Two and two. So this has been a uh, much more competitive series uh, recently than it has been historically. I saw this. This was eye-opening, Riley. Utah State is 5-62 all-time versus teams ranked in the AP. And obviously right now, BYU ranked number 13. BYU is also 12-1, including 4-0 in Logan when facing Utah State as a ranked team. Now, I know some... You know, some of the numbers sound great, but at the end of the day, it probably doesn't mean a whole lot, especially when you talk about two teams, certainly uh, from the Utah State side to BYU, that really don't like the other side very much. They don't like each other, and they both also, I think, present some unique challenges for the other one to try and uh, answer and solve it. On Utah State, you mentioned the 2019 matchup. Uh, Utah State has a new head coach, Blake Anderson, who's in his first year and has brought an energy and a confidence along with some pretty unique offensive schemes and some defensive tricks uh, that, that, that BYU is going to have to handle tonight. And uh, obviously, BYU, they have... Uh, there, Kalani has been at the head for obviously the last uh, four meetings, um, heading into his fifth meeting against Utah State, and their only turnover has been, uh, of course, with Coach Eric, Coach Roderick replacing Coach Grimes. But um, yeah, the the matchup is primed for uh, a really hot one tonight. Um, where the last two in 19, BYU kind of handled up here in Logan, and then in 18, Utah State handled uh, BYU down in Provo. I think this one will be much closer than those two previous matchups. Let's talk about the quarterback position, something we talked about last week heading into the South Florida game. Not sure who was going to be the starter for that game. Heading into tonight, we're in the same boat. We do know this, that if Jaron Hall is healthy, 
Offensive coordinator Aaron Rodgers said he is going to start. He said that. So if Jaron is healthy, we expect him to play. If he's not, Baylor would get the start. And if you only looked at the South Florida game, and there's certainly much more to look at beyond just the one game, seeing as how Baylor's 3-0 as a starter, Baylor has more than proven himself as the starting quarterback. Yeah, what a luxury to have for this BYU football program. Not only two guys who are capable of doing it from a skill set and athletic standpoint, but two guys that the entire rosters respect equally and so that there's no any sort of dynamic uh, that would play uh, against the team, whether one guy's in or the other. Uh, interesting enough for our listeners, I, I'm sure everybody out there is aware, Obviously, you know, my two brothers uh, played for Utah State. I played. I was born an Aggie. Uh, you know, by, I'm an Aggie by blood. But you, uh, Utah, one thing to look for is that Utah State has a similar dynamic, except theirs, they have two players of, uh, that actually share the field, whereas Bonner will be the starter, get the majority of the snaps, more of a classic dropback guy. But uh, Andrew Peasley, who's their number two quarterback, came in when Bonner got hurt against Air Force and was able to lead them to a comeback win on the road in Colorado Springs. So both these programs have uh, the unique good fortune of two quarterbacks that they can put in and they can get the job done. Well, and let's talk about the Utah State offense that the BYU defense is going to have to uh, go against. And obviously, last week, not the greatest defensive performance uh, for BYU. Some of that certainly dealt with the injuries and the players that BYU did not have. We certainly are expecting Atanai Samahe and Tyler Batty and others to be back on that defensive side, which is certainly going to help things. But this Utah State offense certainly will be a challenge. They're 10th in the nation in total offense, 13th in passing offense, 25th in rushing offense. And as you mentioned, they're going to use two quarterbacks at times. Logan Bonner is the guy. He is the starting quarterback. But uh, but Peasley will be used as a change of pace quarterback. So you will certainly see two tonight. Peasley ran a, to, to give our listeners a feel, Peasley ran a 10-600 meter in high school, so he is a speedster and uh, also has performed well enough, not, despite his speed and athletic ability, performed well enough to stay at the quarterback position and be productive here for Utah State. But you, you mentioned that not only are they potent, they're also unique. You're going to notice, Greg, he's going to call you know our classic alignments in 2x2 two two or 3 by one uh, but I think you'll also get a little bit flavor. Well, you'll notice the wide receiver splits. One of the things that this Utah State offense does that's unique is they set their receivers really uh, very far out wide, which does a couple of things. One, it creates some unique matchup and angles challenges for the defensive backfield. But two, they want to start off with the run. Uh, they're running back Tyler. The, uh, all of their comeback wins have been started with the momentum in the run game. So I think what's going to be, uh, I, honestly, I think Kalani and Elisa Tuiaki are both licking their chops because they both love to play man, commit that extra man to the box, try and take away what Utah State wants to do, which is start things with the run. But that's going to test these BYU cornerbacks in covering these Utah State wide receivers on islands. It's a fun matchup to watch tonight. Yeah, and Tyler, Calvin Tyler Jr., the running back you were just mentioning, averaging 100 yards rushing per game. He has four touchdowns. The wide receiver, certainly they've got good receivers. The one to pay attention to, Devin Tompkins, ranks third nationally in receiving yards with 132 yards per game receiving. And then on the defensive side, inside linebacker Justin Rice, he's third in the nation. Uh, with three interceptions and 14th in the country in tackles. Uh, There's certainly some talent on this Utah State team on both sides. Yeah, and Devin Tompkins has been here. You know, he's seen – he's the senior statesman. He was uh, was on the – 2018 team that went into Provo and with Jordan Love just took care of business and then last year or sorry the year following in 2019 when Utah State came up here and 
And, uh, you, you know, Utah State kind of experienced a lull bringing uh, Gary Anderson back and now has been leading the charge to embrace new coach Blake Anderson. Uh, Justin Rice, the inside linebacker that you mentioned, is a transfer from Fresno State who has come in and just electrified this BYU defense. He's a playmaker. Utah State seems to find him. Prior to him, of course, it was David Woodward. Prior to that, Nick Vigil. Prior to that, even back to, to my days, Bobby Wagner, uh, of course, of Seattle Seahawks fame. So they always seem to find a guy in the middle to take command of that defense and help make things happen. And Justin Rice is just a continuation of that trend. Yeah, we're, we'll continue to talk about the Aggies. When we come back, we will talk with the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It's time to get to know the foe. Happy to be joined by one of our friends, Scotty Gerard, <laughs> the voice of the Utah State Aggies. Scott, thanks for uh, thanks for heading down the hallway and hanging out with yeah, us. Yeah, you like that? Not not bad. It's a little bit better press cof- uh, uh, press box than maybe a few years ago. That's for sure. Yeah, I, uh, the last time I was here, I was telling Greg on the drive up. The last time I was here was the uh, the game where BYU was down by like twenty seven or twenty eight. So it's been that long. Wow, it's been yeah, that like long. The, yes, that's, that's yeah. like when, 02. When Brett Ingeman made yeah. the, the big second half run and uh, BYU ends up getting the win. So back then, you had the, the rickety stairs coming yeah. up, like totally different since then. Th- 13-year-old Riley quit. Uh, so the stadium was much different. <laughs> there was a patch of grass over here where, you know, I got done playing the, the intense game of touch football as the young kids are able to do just in time to come back and watch Utah State lead let the lead <laughs> slip away and left heartbroken. Well, uh, a few seasons ago, we were in a uh, yeah. we were in a concessions trailer oh. <laughs> during across, construction. Across the way. <laughs> construction. Right. And I was referencing that's what I was thinking too <laughs> oh. because uh, it was also like 15 below. It was yeah. crazy cold it was that crazy night. Crazy cold, and there we were in the uh, in the drink truck. And, yeah. and Greg's calling the game and dishing out Pepsi's at the same <laughs> yeah. time. A little concession. He, he he really can do it all. Yeah, no he, doubt. He, seriously. All right. Well, let's talk about this Aggie team. Three and one right at this point, and it's a surprise to a lot of people. Is it a surprise to the Aggies? Uh, well, uh, the team, no. I, I don't think the team is surprised by it, but I think everybody around the program certainly is, uh, myself included. Uh, I looked at this five-game stretch, and and to be completely honest, I felt like if they went two and three in this five-game stretch, that would be a win, considering the fact that their second half of the schedule really opens up and becomes a lot more manageable. So at three wins already in a 3-0 and start and uh, one loss against Boise, it almost feels like this team's playing with a little bit of house money right now because this team has really bought in. They've really uh, embraced Blake Anderson. I think uh, putting the last two years behind them to a certain extent has certainly helped out. And there's an energy and vibe that, uh, Riley, I'm sure you've uh, you've probably talked to family members that have noticed uh, we haven't seen here in quite some time. Yeah, no question. So, Scotty, though, how have they – I mean, obviously – Win on the state or win on the road against Washington State. Win on the road against Air Force. Yep. Two quality wins. North Dakota, and then of course, uh, I think most everybody at least somewhat tuned into what happened last week. But so that's how they've gotten here on the schedule. How have they gotten to three and one on the field? What is what has Coach Blake Anderson brought that maybe Coach Gary Anderson and his staff 
lacked a little bit the last couple of years. Well, I think when Matt Wells had this team humming along in that 2018 season, obviously Jordan Love certainly helps out in that regard. But that spread offense under Coach Yost, this team and that skill set of this team really seemed to click with that. And then Gary Anderson and look, we're all we're all fans of Gary and and good friends with Gary. But Gary's an immortal around here. He's yeah, going to walk on. Despite exactly. what happened the last couple of seasons, he he brought them out of the abyss, and so will forever be Absolutely. a special place. Yeah. But but this team tried to slow the tempo down, and they had skill players that were more designed for an up tempo style football. I mean, Devin Tompkins is a great player, but he's what five eight one fifty five. You need to get him out in space. And you need to go up-tempo. He's not going to uh, adjust to some jams at the line of scrimmage very well. So they realize this is who we are, this is who our team is, and let's embrace a up-tempo, go as fast as we can, try to keep teams in base defense as much as we can, and then on defense, on the defensive side, let's load up with some P5 transfers and really try to build this team up and fill some holes. And so far it seems like it's really worked. Let's talk Utah State quarterback. I, I know when Coach Anderson joined you and Hans on your radio show, I was listening then. Uh, our listeners will hear my conversation with Coach Anderson coming up a little bit later on in Cougar pregame live, and he says something very similar. He said it got way too close to a two-quarterback system last week, and it's not what he wants out of this offense. He knows Bonner is the guy, but we will still see Peasley. How do you anticipate this quarterback situation working in-game? Well, Peasley's such a dynamic player that they've got to find ways to get him out on the field. But I don't think it's a you get three series, you get one series, you get four series, you get two series. I think, and Riley, you can probably talk to this a little bit better than I can, uh, I've heard the word sub-packages brought up quite a bit. And to me, I get a vibe of goal line, third and one, wild, even though he's a quarterback, kind of a wildcat type of package with some RPOs in place to take advantage of his legs and what he can do there. So when I, I think that they will use Andrew Peasley, I don't think they'll say, here's the series, go out and get it done. Uh, but I do think there'll be moments in the game and situational usage of Andrew Peasley instead of drives. He's been a gamer. He made some plays in the Air Force that game. Air Force that game was yeah, incredible. Tremendous. Yeah. Uh, so th- that's on that offensive side of the ball. We talked, Jason and I talked in our first segment about Justin Rice and obviously the impact that he's had on this defense. But as I've, uh, as I was doing prep for the broadcast leading up to this week, I was looking back at these wins and whether it was Nick Vigil and his performance in Provo on both sides of the ball or Jalen Davis here in 2017 with the three interceptions, some defensive players have played big roles in this rivalry for Utah State outside of Justin Rice. Who are you looking to, you know, who needs to show up big tonight for the Aggies? You know, that's a really good point. I'm going to go Nick Henniger, um, and I think that's another transfer, even though he's been here for a couple of years. Uh, the Utah transfer has been just a beast, and there's a package that they like to use. They'll call it Prowler. You'll see it in third and long, uh, obvious uh, pass situations where they'll line him up at nose, even though he's normally a D-end, and uh, they'll just – nobody has a hand in the ground. They just kind of – are we rushing? Are we dropping back? And it's there to confuse an offensive line. It's there to try to confuse a quarterback. And uh, he's created a lot of havoc out there. He's got a great nose for the football. He's relentless in pursuit. Uh, and so keep an eye on 42. Nick Henniger is a really special player for this defense. Outside of, as you mentioned, Justin Rice, who's far and away the best defense, defensive yeah. player on this team. With BYU's size on both sides of the line, their goal going into every game is to be the more yeah. physical team and exert that sort of will on the opposition. In terms of of BYU's size and physicality, how does Utah State, really on both sides of the ball, match up to BYU that way? Well, that's a a really good question, and I think BYU's offensive line is just – 
uh, a monster. And I talked to Coach Bonda a little bit about, and he was at University of Miami. He says, I haven't seen an offensive line this good and this complete since they played uh, Notre Dame a couple of years ago. Uh, he says, I've not seen an offensive line comparable since maybe Wisconsin. Uh, it's that type of offensive line. So they're going to have to get creative, some stunts, some twists, some things like that, uh, and use their speed. They've got some speed. Uh, they don't have a lot of size. So if BYU can just lean on that defensive line, uh, it could be a long day. Uh, on the offensive side, though, I think Utah State went up against, and I know Washington State's not a good team, but they had a pretty solid offensive line. Uh, Utah State still ran for 200-plus against that team. So I think that they feel like they can run the ball a little bit, especially if BYU's dealing with some injuries. Uh, that, I think, is going to be an interesting uh, side note in this game. If Calvin Tyler can get off a couple big runs, they feel like they have an opportunity to break off some runs there. But, again, against that BYU offensive line, they're just so, so good right now that it's that's going to be a battle for sure. BYU fans have seen uh, – Three, their last three head coaches in Lavelle Edwards, Bronco Mendenhall, and Kalani Sataki handle rivalries in very different ways yeah. as, as far as their approach to them. And Blake Anderson, he comes from the South. He's you know he's he's brand new to this rivalry, but as I look at his staff, there's some familiar names of guys that I played against: Chucky Keaton, DJ Tealavea. You know, guys who who played in this rivalry and are very familiar on that side. But what attitude has Anderson brought to this? Just another game, or? Has he heightened the players' attention? He's heightened the players. He is a little concerned because they felt like the game against Boise State, they felt like they were a little too fired up for that game, and and it kind of took him away from some focus. So I think you could see it in their first few series. Exactly. So he's a little concerned about that, but he's embraced the rivalry, and he knows. He said, look, I was on this campus for 25 minutes before somebody brought up, when are you going to beat BYU? How are you going to beat BYU? So he's aware of it. He's got Chucky, and as you mentioned, a couple guys, and then a bunch of in-state guys that have really – I mean, Derek Wright's a really good wide receiver for this team. Grew up in Utah County. Nick Hanniger uh, was quick to point out that he's 3-0 and against BYU, although that was at the University of Utah. So, <laughs> I mean, these, he's got players that have reminded him how special this is. And I think he understands if I'm going to be a head coach at Utah State, I need to embrace this rivalry as well. So he's gone all in on it. It's been fun to, fun to see him uh, get fired up about this as well. All right, Scott, we've got about 30 seconds. We're starting to watch the, uh, the Utah State fans walk in. They're decked out in their black. It's a blackout for Utah State. What type of atmosphere are you expecting here tonight? Well, I don't know what you guys think, but, Riley, you know this. I mean, the Utah State student section, they're very polite. They're very kind. Um, I don't think that uh, they'll be very welcoming on that It's side. good for BYU that they're kind of far away. You know, you've oh, got you know, tons yeah. of extra sideline space. Those players are right. There's a that, good five those, feet, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> five, four feet between the two. No, I mean, it's it's going to be a raucous environment. I do think they're – uh, this has been a salad for a week and a half, which lends me to believe that BYU snatched up as many tickets as they possibly could. So I'm sure you'll see some Royal Blue out there as well, but you know how these games are. This is going to be a lot of fun tonight. Scotty, great stuff. It's always good to see you. Always good to talk some football. And uh, thank you for stopping by and have a great call tonight. You got it. Thanks. There we go. That's the voice of the Utah State Aggies, Scott Gerard. Coming up next, how will the short week impact the game tonight? That's coming up in Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Jason Shepard, Riley Nelson with you. Coming to you live from the press box at Maverick Stadium in Logan, Utah. BYU, Utah State, the battle for the old wagon wheel coming up at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. It's 
time for Cougar Cuts, Riley. And uh, when you play on a Thursday or a Friday, it obviously limits what teams can do to prepare. And Gunnar Romney was asked if playing on a shortened week really makes that much of a difference. Yeah, it for sure does. And that's one thing that people kind of pick up the urgency a lot. But it's hard because, you know, when you come back, usually on Monday, it's more of a recovery type day. We practice lighter without shoulder pads um, and kind of take that day to review film from the past game. But, you know, we can't do that this week. We have to jump right into it. Even though some of us may be beat up, some of us are still sore from, from Saturday. We just got to jump right into it because we leave on Thursday to go up there. So we'll really only have three full days of practice. Um, so we got to jump on that immediately. And it does add urgency, and it, it, it takes away some time of preparation. So we just have to, to use the time that we have because it's more valuable. And, Riley, the good news is, at least in this situation, both teams – you know, played on a Saturday, and so both teams are dealing with it. Now, let's be perfectly honest with the situation. BYU is always at a disadvantage in terms of a day of prep because of Sunday compared to most teams, but at least in this matchup, for the most part, both teams are dealing with it, so both teams are going to have to find a way to work around it. Yeah, and I know when you look down the roster, you see a lot of sophomores and juniors, especially on the two deep for BYU. Keep in mind, those are COVID sophomores and juniors. Yeah. Like, if this were real world, they would be juniors and seniors, meaning these guys have dealt with short weeks before. They know how to handle their business. They know how to get take care of their bodies, recover, and handle the prep heading into a short week. I don't expect that to be much of a factor for this BYU team tonight. Last week, South Florida managed to turn a 21-point deficit into a one-score game, and defensive lineman Gabe Summers says defense can't afford to let up at all. One of the biggest things we learned is uh, we just can't take our foot off the gas. I feel like we came out that first half, and we were pretty dominant. I feel like, uh, I don't want to say we, we let up a little bit, but we, we definitely can maintain that intensity, keep it going. I, I feel like Overall, as a defense, I feel like we played well. I got to give credit to USF. I felt like they made adjustments, they made timely plays, and they came out every play and played hard. I just feel like we got to match that intensity and and keep that fire. Riley, I think this is one of the biggest things to watch tonight and one of the biggest keys for BYU is to not let up because specifically with Utah State, in all three of their wins, they found themselves down by double digits. And in all three, to- all three times, they were able to come back and win those games. If you get a lead on Utah State, you cannot assume the game is over. They have already proven three times that they have found a way to come back. And it's not like they've done it against dogme competition. They were on the road against Washington State in a ra- like, you know, Utahns like to feel like they're comfortable in the snow. Well, Washington is comfortable in the rain. So they did it in Pullman a- against the rain. And then nobody, like, when Air Force gets the ground game running, especially for 500-plus in Colorado Springs. Nobody survives that. This team did. This, to me, is the most intriguing matchup because you have a Utah State offense last week that had all their chances and did not capitalize, and you have a BYU defense that, especially in the second half last week, had all sorts of chances to get USF off the field and couldn't and allowed them to get outscored in the second half. How these two units respond will be the difference in this game. Coming up next, Dallin Holker discusses getting back in shape after his mission and the role of the tight ends in the BYU offense. Shep Talk, coming up next. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. 
Jeff and Riley with you from the press box at Maverick Stadium in Logan. 7 o'clock Mountain Time kickoff here in the Cache Valley. Cougars hoping to be money tonight against the Aggies. Dallin Holker, one of those players who certainly could come up big for BYU tonight. He's part of a very dangerous tight end room that also features freshman All-American Isaac Rex. Holker showed signs during his freshman season in 2018 and has come back after his mission ready to go. Here is this week's Shep Talk with Dallin Holker. All right, Dallin, I actually had asked you this question during the general media. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before that you did it, but I had asked you about getting back in shape and how you were being praised for how you've come back from your mission and really picked up right where you left off. What went into that and how much pride have you taken in being able to be ready to go for this season after your mission? Uh, I took a lot of pride into it. I mean, I kind of feel like you always hear stuff about um, return missionaries kind of coming back and being out of shape or not necessarily being as good as they are. So I kind of took it to heart and I knew that, I mean, as long as, long as I served and gave God everything that I can, that he would definitely help me to, you know, get back in shape. And that's kind of what I've done. Just tried to work my hardest and, and pray to God and just try to get back in shape the best that I could. Okay. So take me back to before your mission. What did you weigh before your mission? What did you weigh when you got home from your mission and where do you weigh now? So before my, when I left on my mission, I was 230. And then when I came home from my mission, uh, I was 215. And right now I'm like 230 again. Nice. So you literally picked up right where you left off, same pounds and everything. Yeah, trying to. <laughs> Been eating a lot, but. <laughs> there are a lot of things that have changed, but probably not as much at other programs after being gone for two years. You come back and there's still a lot of people that I, I know that you're familiar with and you've played with. How would you describe the way that this season has started through four games? These first four games have been awesome. I mean, it's been fun to go out there with, you know, we're a family, we're a bunch of brothers, and it's, it's just fun to go out there and play the best that we can. But, you know, we know that we have to bring it every week and that we can't take any days off in practice. Uh, and that's kind of the mindset that we have kind of here at BYU, just, just a bunch of hard workers who are trying to do the best that we can and, and play the best that we can. So every day we come and we try to bring our best. I know you weren't on the team last year, but I've heard enough people say that they're out to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. Even though you weren't on the roster last year, that is something this team's taking a lot of pride in is to prove people wrong that thought this was like a one, one-year one wonder type situation, right? Yeah, no, for sure. I think, I mean, even like you said, even though I wasn't there, I mean, that's all I kind of heard was, oh, they, they did good last year, but they didn't really play anybody, so... It's definitely something that kind of like a chip on our shoulder that we have when we go out there. Everybody was talking about the offensive performance against South Florida and how everything just clicked. And obviously the offense was moving the ball and scoring points prior to. Do you feel that was maybe the most complete offensive game you guys have played since the season began? I mean, yeah, I for sure think that we uh, we had a really good game offensively that game. Probably the best uh, overall of the season, but I definitely think that uh, we have a lot more that we could do as an offense. Oh, that's pretty scary if you think about it, Dallin, because the offense was was humming and has been this season. If there's if there's a lot of room to improve, I, I think that's scary for opponents. And, and speaking of your next opponent, you guys, as crazy as it sounds, heading into Game Five, will be playing your first true road game. Uh, what are your thoughts on heading uh, heading up to Logan and what will most uh, assuredly be a uh, hostile environment? Oh yeah, no, for sure, it'll, it'll be a fun game. I mean, uh, they got that's that's a good team up there uh, with a good fan base, so. 
I mean, we're excited to go up there and play against them. It'll be, it'll be a really fun game. Okay, so you've played Utah State once. You played back in 2018 as a freshman. That was, unfortunately, the, the loss in Provo. What do you remember from that game? Uh, that, was a, that was a tough game. <laughs> I don't remember the stat line, but I, I do remember that it was a tough game for me and as well as uh, our whole team. But, I mean, I'm excited to play them again. <laughs> so one reception, minus three yards, and then a fumble. Yep. <laughs> I do remember the fumble. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of talk on whether or not it's a, it's a rival. How does BYU view Utah State? It's definitely a rivalry game. Uh, we're lucky enough to go up there on the, on the road and, and play against them, so it'll be a fun game. What do you know about Utah State right now on the defensive side when you guys looked at the film as you get closer to game time? You know, they're a good team. They got some good coaches up there, and they're going to come out playing aggressive and fast, so we're going to have to do the same. The tight end position was something that we came into the season and we were all drooling at the type of numbers that between you and Isaac Rex and others were going to be able to put up. So far, the numbers have not been huge, but I know the coaches have said they've been very pleased with the way that the position has played. How are you and Isaac handling maybe not being the focus right now of the offense? I think I speak for Isaac too on this. I mean, we'll do whatever it takes to win. So if it means blocking or times being a decoy out there, whatever it is, uh, we'll do it to win the game. Because that's what we're here to do is, is win as many games as we can. So that's the goal. But I'm sure if called upon, you guys are ready to have one of those really big games. And who knows, maybe it even comes against Utah State, right? Oh, yeah, we'll be ready for sure. Are you guys at the point now where you feel like regardless of the conditions, the atmosphere, that as long as you guys execute to the level that you can, that the offense is going to be fine. Are, are you guys at, at that confidence level right now? I, we feel pretty good as long as we come out and just, you know, play our game. Don't worry about any distractions that are around us, or any of the fans or, or anything like that. As long as we just go out there and have fun and play a good game, uh, we definitely are going to bet on ourselves. All right, Dallin, let's wrap things up with the final four. What is your favorite BYU uniform combination? We haven't worn them yet, but it's going to be the – the Navy on Navy this year. Those I'm I've telling seen pictures you. Of them, and those are my favorites. See, and I surprised myself because I've always said, you know, uh, the Royal, that's where it's at. But I'm telling you, when I saw the all Navy and it's the helmet, the helmet is what completes the whole thing. I cannot wait to see you guys in that. I agree with you. That is a really, really <laughs> slick looking uniform combination. <laughs> yeah, those are sweet. <laughs> the song group or artist that you are embarrassed to admit that you like. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. I, I listened to this Grace Vanderwall. I used to listen to her a lot. She's kind of like a little pop singer. Okay. <laughs> I, I her, her music is kind of cool. I don't listen to it as much anymore, but I used to definitely a lot, listen to it a lot. <laughs> okay. Who is your favorite athlete past or present? Definitely Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. That is the second week in a row that we've had a Conor McGregor reference. Really? I love Conor McGregor. Okay. The best thing about being part of BYU football is what? getting to play with my my brothers on the field every day you come into you come into the locker room you have 110 brothers there with you uh, it, it honestly like it's one of the best things just coming in and I mean you have so much support and so much love here in this locker room and it's one of the coolest things to come in there and just say what's up to see everybody in the locker room it's the best feeling it's awesome Dallin thank you so much for taking a few minutes it's great to talk with you good luck against the Aggies and I'm sure we'll talk down the line thanks sweet thank you so much that was BYU tight end Dallin Holker, this week's Shep Talk. And, uh, and Riley, let's talk a little tight end. And obviously, you know, we touched on it with, uh, with Dallin. You know, he says at this point they just want to win. Whatever they're asked to do, they're going to do. It's certainly a position that we expected to be 
more involved. And I know the coaches have all said they're pleased with what they've got, whether it's a couple of touchdowns from Isaac Rex, the blocking that they've seen. Um, how much, based off of what you've seen from the Utah State defense, does that tip you off to whether or not this could be a night for the BYU tight ends or not? So I know in basketball, height is mostly where you pay attention, but let me just read some heights here. Utah State runs kind of a 4-2-5, so they have five DBs, um, even though one of them's kind of a hybrid safety linebacker. But 6 foot, 5'10", just their starter, 6 foot, 5'10", 5'10", 5'11", and 5'9", five, five, and 6 foot. BYU's tight end, 6'6", 6'5", 6'5", 6'4", 6'3". So if... If you're not, you know, if this were a basketball game, I'd say you got to pound the post, man. Right. They can't do anything. Same thing on a football field. Uh, BYU's tight ends create matchup nightmares that if they don't take advantage, and I'm confident that Roderick does, but you have to scheme up and put those smaller DBs, those shorter DBs, in a position to, you know, go up and get it against one of these long, athletic, um, you know, box them out, power forward type tight ends so uh it should be something and i it's something i expect them to exploit tonight all right coming up next riley's qb read focuses on some of the best performances in the byu utah state rivalry you're tuned into cougar pregame live on the new skin byu sports network Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting closer to kickoff here at Maverick Stadium in Logan. Welcome back to Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It's time for our QB read with Riley. And Riley, looking over the long history of of this rivalry between these two teams, there's been a lot of really good performances. To me, history ha- adds so much texture. Obviously, it has no bearing on tonight's game. The players still have to come out and execute the game plan, and even though there might be some players that have played big roles in this game in the past, all of that really doesn't matter. But to me, studying the history, or at least knowing some of the history around rivalries, just adds to the richness of it. it it gives its texture and a little bit more life so you mentioned long history i'm going to focus a little bit on the short history because uh the the last 10 games uh, i would say decade but obviously last year because covid but the last 10 games are six and four in favor of byu the last time that this rivalry was that even was in the 70s so actually the the decade of the 70s was split evenly five five but the last time it was is even six four for byu was 72 to 81 obviously you know then lavelle and and the the byu you know golden era was was in full effect and it got extremely lopsided there for the better part of three decades beginning in the 2010s is where it started to uh even itself out a little bit so that's where i began our history and i'm just gonna and a lot of our the diehard aggie fans are going to remember some of these games when i went back through them it was fun to remember these performances both good and bad but i'm just going to kind of review the game balls for those games beginning in 2010 2010 was a game uh, that was the year where Jake and I were, were switching back and forth and I had season ending surgery after suffering an injury from Florida State and we come in here and uh, it was not good. Utah State uh, beats BYU for the first time in over a decade 
and the game ball went to a USU running back, and who uh, I was rec- he was in my recruiting class at Utah State, Dervin Spate, who uh, had two TDs in that game. Uh, Utah State just couldn't get anything going. 2011 was uh, uh, the game that, uh, of course, ended in dramatic fashion, uh, w- and the game ball went to Marcus Matthews, who had six catches and caught the game-winning touchdown pass with 11 seconds left. 2012, it was all about the BYU defense. They able they limited a very good USU offense, a team that finished with 10 wins that year. BYU defense in 2012 held them to only a field goal in a BYU win, 6-3, to and only 243 total yards. Then in 13, many will remember this iconic play. First play of the game, Chucky Keaton drops back, tries to throw a hitch to the right sideline. Kyle Van Oy was lined up like he was going to rush, fakes the rush, drops back, picks it off, pick six. On the very first play of the game, Kyle just had a nose and a knack for the ball, man. and uh, Set the he, tone for that one. He most definitely did, and the route was on from there, really, in 2013. 2014 was the first time that Utah State won in Provo in in over 20 years, and that was on the back of Nick Vigil. Nick Vigil, who uh, obviously still an NFL linebacker, he played both sides of the ball. He was the leading tackler for both sides in that game with 10 tackles, nine of them solo. But what was interesting about that performance, and I still remember it, is Utah State handed the ball off to him 16 times. Mm-hmm three for third down conversions and they gave it to him once in the red zone where which he scored so he was a two two-way player uh, in that game 2015 is uh, another Matthews brother so Marcus the elder Mitch the younger that was a snow game up here in Logan and Mitch Matthews went off six catches 158 yards two TDs they, they had were, no answer for him all night long and and by the way he was big six six long guy against shorter DBs I think we're going to see that same dynamic here tonight I mentioned we mentioned how tall the tight ends were let's not forget neil pau's 6-4 gunner's 6-2 you know byu has some guys that can go up and get it on the outside 2016 was the jamal williams show uh 131 yards he averaged 7.5 yards per carries per carry and three tds just uh that game was was pretty much it was pretty easy game plan for byu turn around and hand it to jamal let him get it done 17 was a game i think most byu fans would like to forget obviously that was the year where with all the quarterback injuries bo hodge started that game left the game with a foot injury coy detmer coy detmer jr came in and uh BYU just struggled in all facets, including being able to hold on to the ball. Jalen Davis, who uh, is uh, another NFL talent coming out of Utah State, uh, a cornerback, had three picks in that game, three interceptions by one player as uh, Utah State was able to get the best of BYU up in Logan. Turnaround in 2018, I mentioned this game earlier in the broadcast, but uh, Jordan Love and Darwin Thompson and uh, Jalen Green and, uh, again, three NFL talents, Jordan Love obviously of Packers fame, come down to Provo uh, for a Cougar team that in 2018 was finding his, finding its way both. In fact, Zach Wilson uh, came into that game and threw his first touchdown pass in garbage time as a BYU Cougar. Uh, but from start to finish, uh, that very talented 11-2 2018 USU team got the best of BYU. And then in 19, of course, we saw something similar to what we could see here tonight where Jaron Hall started the game, amassed 268 yards of total offense in a half. It was unbelievable. He was just extremely efficient. He was he was just 
firing at will, both on the ground and through the air. Unfortunately, took a blow to the head right before halftime. Uh, then Baylor-Romney comes out and finished off the job as Baylor took him into the halftime lead, finished off the job, and BYU came away with the win in 2019, which brings us to today. Uh, and uh, I, I guess it was fun for me to reminisce and go through that and remember all those players, and I can't wait for who the player tonight will be to emerge and leave their mark on this rivalry and storied series. Coming up next, we will visit with the voice. Greg Rubel stops by. Cougar pregame live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back. Cougar pregame live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Joining us now back up in the broadcast booth is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Greg, it is great to see you. It is great to be up in the Cache Valley, and uh, this should be a fun one tonight. Oh, it is so good to be back here at uh, Maverick Stadium where the uh, student section ha- uh, now operates behind the BYU bench. They've moved the BYU bench from east side or west side to east side, uh, putting the Cougars opposite us now. So that's a change in scenery for the Cougs. And uh, the student section, most attired in black, have uh, been filing in over the last hour. And almost the entire area below concourse on that side of the stadium is filled with Utah State student fans right now. The, uh, the royal blue is seen, but a lot higher up. Uh, than the Aggie Black tonight. Again, uh, it's, a, it's a blackout for Utah State, and they've only tried the blackout once before, at least in the last decade. And it, and it was. was it was here two years ago right. against BYU. And uh, BYU had a 28-point win that night, a game that uh, featured both Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney. On that night, Jaron Hall left with injury, replaced by Baylor Romney, and a similar storyline present here tonight uh, with Jaron Hall uh, not warming up. Uh, Jaron Hall has been just watching warm-ups, uh, not suited to play. And we'll get official confirmation from Kalani Sitake coming up here uh, shortly. Kalani will tell us in our pregame interview at the bottom of the hour uh, about his quarterback situation tonight. But uh, there are a handful of BYU players who are just watching warm-ups, not taking part. Jaron Hall is among those just observing. James Empey is also uh, sidelined tonight uh, along with Harris Lachance. And so your, your starting lineup on the offensive line will have Connor Pay at center and Campbell Barrington at right tackle, which is kind of how we expected things to look once it became apparent that James Empey couldn't go and James got hurt in last week's game. And so it's the war of attrition uh, for BYU. First couple of weeks, that were pretty smooth. And then the last couple of weeks, uh, the injury bug has been biting. And, uh, the, and as Kalani told us in our pregame, which we'll hear here at the bottom of the hour, he says he really wished he wouldn't have to go to so much depth, uh, but it's good to have it. And, and BYU certainly explored the depths of their depth uh, through the last couple of weeks for sure. So, Greg, uh, the most questions I got from Cougar fans out there this week were in relation to the performance of the defense in the second half. And pretty much everybody was like, look, we get it. They were resting people maybe out of caution, but are those guys coming back for Utah State? So, you know, Tyler Batty was one, Atunaisa Mahe. Yes and yes. Okay, great. And then talk more to getting some of that depth back on the defensive side of the football. Which includes uh, Mahe and Batty. Uh, Isaiah Heron 
Uh, returns at corner as well. You could see him starting opposite D'Angelo Keenan Mandela. Ellis or still out? No, Keenan's still out. And, yeah. and you know, it, it's too, too, it, we, we don't know when to project uh, the return of Keenan Ellis, but expect to see Isaiah Heron and D'Angelo Mandel on the corners. Uh, Jacques Wilson climbing the depth chart at corner, and you could see him uh, and Caleb Hayes as kind of backups at both spots at the respective cornerback positions. Ammon Hanneman's you see a lot of run at safety tonight with Chaz with Ayu moving up and playing a more linebacker. George Udo becomes a more prominent face in the secondary uh, behind Ammon Hanneman. So you go with Hanneman Moore, George Udo, and Hayden Livingston probably share the number three spot right now in terms of who goes in. And then you see, again, you see Chaz playing a lot more linebacker. Top four linebackers now become Wilgar, Bywater, Ayu, and Thule in this case. And then again, the, the D-line, just a lot of guys right now. But the important thing is Mahe and Batty return. So it's Tanuvasa, Summers, Mahe, Tuioti Mariner, Leatawa, Fawatea, Nelson and Batty, Jackson and Haas, Tofa and Mangelson. That's 12 guys that are all on my board right now and should all see snaps. That's how BYU rolls, as we well know. Elisha Tuiaki rolls them out and rolls them in. And it's hockey line change and then some. We've seen seven, eight, maybe nine guys go out at any given time with this defense as he tries to keep guys fresh. So good news is a couple defenders back, maybe three defenders back. Uh, Bad news is uh, starting quarterback still in flux, and they lose another offensive lineman, really two if you want to call Harris Lachance being out again. So uh, new faces abound uh, for this BYU team. But they're probably deeper now than they have been at any time in the Kalani Satake tenure, uh, Jason. So that's the way it's going to shape up tonight. Let's stay with the BYU defense. Taking on an Aggie offense that all season long has certainly proven it can put up the stats. Now, until last week. The yards. Yes. Until last week, yes, the Until last well. week, yeah. then the points didn't come. Only yeah. three points, but they were moving the ball up and down, right. and some self inflicted uh, penalty or mistakes cost them. So with BYU getting closer to full strength, certainly not at full strength, but getting closer and getting some key guys back, what do you anticipate with this BYU defense facing a, an Aggie offense that has certainly shown that it can be prolific? Now, caliber of competition, um, I, I think it's solid enough. Uh, you, you open with a P5 team on the road. It was Wazoo. They're not great, but still, uh, they trailed double digits at a P5 team on the road, found a way to win that. Uh, they, t- they took on a good FCS team, trailed early, came back to win that. Air Force was saw. I mean, I-, I think the Air Force game is legit, uh, and that's another double-digit deficit late in the game. They come back to win that. So it's not as if the Aggies didn't play anybody before Boise State. Boise simply exposed them as the kind of team that will struggle when hurting themselves, and that's what the Aggies did. That first half, I thought, belonged to USU, and the Aggies could have expected to be much more in that game than they were. So I, I have no qualms with uh, with the schedule the Aggies have played at this point. I think the numbers are legit. Uh, Kalani Sitake's theme to me was line of scrimmage. Um, find a way to own it. And, and I thought that Utah State opened up Boise State's line of scrimmage defensively uh, last week pretty well. And a lot of that is the function of how far they put you across the field from sideline to sideline. But, uh, you know, we were driving up talking about maybe, you know, if, if BYU just decides to grind tonight a little bit and has success with Tyler and Algier, uh, Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa, you know, five yards plus per rush is something you'd hope to see. That may be a good number to kind of see. If, if Baylor Romney can be, you know, eight yards or more per attempt and, and the Cougar offense is averaging five yards or more per rush, those are two pretty decent numbers uh, to rely upon tonight. But Kalani's main theme for me, I think, was just be strong up front, both sides of the ball. So building off that, normally you think rush attack, you think low scoring affair. This U, this BYU offense is trending upward, 24 points, 26 points, 27 points, 35. I'd say that 35 is handicapped 
helped a little bit. Because, because of the number of possessions, right? Correct. They only had eight, eight drives. drives, and yep. one of them was to run the clock one out. One they were so. trying to score on. So a five-point scoring attempted drives, it was five touchdowns, one punt, and then uh, a blocked field goal on a drive they should have expected points, and A-Rod himself said, I got too cute on that one. We got first and goal from the eight. We went fly sweep and a couple of throws. He said, I should have just run Tyler Algier. And BYU could have had a six-touchdown day and not five last week. But Utah State, in two of their three wins, almost hit 50, uh, 48-49, and then they beat Washington State 26-23. to So do you, is your sense that two things, one, BYU will need more than 35 to win this ball game, and two, do you think they have a high likelihood of getting there. I, I think last week, if that's run at a normal possession type game, 11 or 12 possessions, will BYU's in the 40s and maybe 50 against South Florida. Uh, the last three games in this series, the Utah State series, the winner has had 40 plus in each game. So maybe a reasonable expectation tonight that the winner, whoever it may be, uh, scores in the 40s tonight. And that's a reasonable expectation for BYU, the way they've been playing. Even with a backup quarterback, call him a backup. He's the number two in a lot of ways, the 1B to Jaron Hall's 1A. I, you know, there are not too many teams that have so little a drop-off, and not even really a drop-off. It's kind of a lateral move from one guy to the next. It's just that Jaron's a different kind of player. Uh, but, but Baylor Romney is no less effective than Jaron Romney doing it the way he does it. Greg, great stuff as always. Thank you so much for the information. We will uh, hear you and Riley coming up with the call in just a little bit. And more pregame, you've obviously referenced your interview with Kalani Satake. We'll hear that coming up in about a half an hour. Thank you, Shep. And it was fun uh, sharing a vehicle with you on the way up. Good drive to the, uh, yes, to the thank Cash you. Valley. Thank you for the ride. I appreciate it. We're going to have you We're gonna have you thumb with somebody else for postgame, I think. But uh, Yeah, Mitch, Mitch is going to let me um, hang out with him on the drive <laughs> okay. home. So. Best of both Greg, worlds Greg's for you. had enough of me, and he's like, Mitch, no. it's your turn. <laughs> Thank you, Shep. Riley, great stuff from you as well. Appreciate Thanks, it. Shep. All right, we will take a quick 10-second break for a legal ID. When we come back, we will talk with my ride home tonight. He is Mitchell Jurgens, and this is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Tune to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The BYU Cougars in Logan to battle the Utah State Aggies. BYU 13th ranked, a perfect 4-0 on the season. The Aggies 3-1 coming off their first loss of the year last Saturday right here in the Cache Valley against Boise State. Roaming the sidelines tonight for us on the broadcast, as always, former Cougar receiver Mitchell Jurgens, who joins me now. Mitchell, I, uh, I'm going to assume that you probably have some decent memories of Utah State, or at least uh, memories that come to mind when I say BYU-Utah State. When I say that, what comes to mind? You know, I'm kind of taken back to each year. There was there were different memories uh, each year when I was on the field. Um, 2014, that was, uh, I mean, you know, the the prolific start uh, to the season that we had, and that was when Taysom Hill went down. I was actually the player on the sideline, um, or on the field where, uh, right on the sideline where Taysom went down, and I helped him up, and he went straight to the sideline. We just saw the... Uh, I mean, you could feel the energy in the stadium just completely deplete. Um, it was one of those uh, from emotional highs to a complete emotional low um, for everyone involved. I mean, the players, we were shocked that that happened. Um, kind of rocked, obviously, the next uh, 
four games, I believe, uh, th- that we had there in, in the 2014 season. But uh, that was, uh, you know, one of the, I-, I guess, not a fond memory, um, but uh, one that one that uh, I remember in, in 2015 when we actually played here at Utah State, here at Maverick Stadium. This was uh, no doubt the or. Uh, yeah, no doubt the coldest game that I've ever played in. Uh, we were in the all-whites. This was uh, actually, I think, the only game where you know, I, I was an H receiver. Um, I wasn't on the field in every single package. And for me, it was when I heard 10, 11 personnel, I got super excited. If it was 20 personnel or 21 personnel, my H position wasn't on the field. And, you know, I'm, I'm always like, Coach, come on, call 10 or 11. This Utah State game, when it was freezing cold in 2015, I actually didn't, uh, when they called 20, 21 personnel, I was like, eh, I'm fine, you know, not going on the field. <laughs> it's, uh, it's way too cold. I wasn't, uh, wasn't too... Uh, um, I was enjoying the heaters on the sideline. Let's just say that. Um, and then 2016 was uh, my last game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium um, in the All Black. So a lot of memories from that game. Just, uh, you know, the emotions of kind of looking back at my college career, um, playing against an in-state rival for that last game at Lavelle, which was uh, pretty awesome. I am at the point, Mitchell, where we've seen enough, and I'm not even just talking about this year, whether it's Jaron, whether it's Baylor, I've seen enough out of both of these quarterbacks to know BYU's offense is in good hands regardless of who the starting quarterback is. How much does that help an offense mentally when you know that you have two guys that can play at that level? Yeah, you know, Jason, it helps so much. I mean, when as a receiver, when I'm looking out and you're looking at the quarterback, whoever's taking snaps under center, if you know that there's not going to be any hiccup or um, even an adjustment to how the offenses run, um, it, it brings confidence to, I think, every single position group. And, and Baylor's done it, right? He's uh, He's been successful. He's one of those calm and collected guys that um, he gets on the field and um, you know and you're confident mentally that he's going to have the success that you want. Um, but But the other thing that happens here too is um, opposing defenses they still have to respect an offense um, it, when you go from a Jaron Hall type player to Baylor Romney knowing just how productive Baylor has been traditionally when that happens uh, a backup quarterback comes in and then the defense they, they want to get creative and aggressive and um, and force this quarterback that isn't as experienced is not as skilled um, to you know, put put pressure on him, and then that's when you see mistakes start to happen, and often starts to fall apart. But that's just not the case in this situation. So having two quarterbacks um, that are just as dynamic in, in commanding the offense, it helps so much offensively for the, every single position group. It also helps defensively, knowing, hey, we don't have to. I mean, obviously, you want to go out and perform your job perfectly, and um, you know have the uh, the offense not score but uh, knowing that hey if we slip up or there are things that are going to happen we know that whoever's under center is going to get the job done so um, I, I mean I think it's a huge advantage um, having really no downward step in whoever's under center tonight I asked a version of this question to Greg in our last segment but I, I want to ask you about the BYU defense and, and how it rebounds from last week's game Greg had mentioned, you know, it looks like Batty's going to be back and Mahe's going to be back. So you're getting some guys back that certainly not having them attributed to, you know, some of the yards that were given up in that game against South Florida. Is it as simple as getting those guys back that the defense will play better? Or is it, does it go, 
does you have to go down another yeah. layer to find uh, how this team can bounce back? You know, Jason, I hate to say that it's really as simple as as that. You know, but after what happened last game, if BYU can get healthy for this game, I think they'll rebound quickly. Um, you know, in the first quarter of last game against USF, the defense was extremely dominant. I think in the first two plays, there were some tackle for losses. I mean, the the energy in the stadium was uh, was. Um, it was very strong, um, and that whole first quarter, the defense played um, unbelievably. Uh, but then we saw injuries start to happen. Um, they just didn't. I mean, they couldn't slow it down. And I think one of the issues there is with the um, with the number of players that went down. BYU does this pl- platooning, these hockey line changes. They're playing so many guys on defense, and while still doing that to try and keep those players healthy, there were so many players that we really hadn't seen all season. They haven't gotten game snaps. They probably didn't get a lot of practice reps. And so there were guys that just weren't as experienced out there and um, they weren't prepared or it didn't seem like they were as prepared for that big moment. Um, So going to last week, yeah, it seemed like injuries was the only issue. Um, Moving forward, I don't think that's going to be the case because you know now knowing that injuries could be something that's, uh, and that's typical with football, but having gone through that, I think there's going to be a lot of guys that have gotten reps this practice uh, people are going to be more prepared. Those twos and threes that saw time, they're going to be more prepared for this game, having their number called. Um, and so I don't foresee that injuries is, is going to be the, the one reason why the defense struggles um, moving forward, just because I think they're going to be more equipped for uh, the preparation that they've had. All right, last question for you. BYU's recipe for success tonight is what? Yeah, I uh, finish in the red zone, um, both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, the offense has been fabulous this season um, in the red zone, and, and they're going to need to be dialed in uh, again as this, in my opinion, could be the highest scoring game um, so far this season uh, with just how prolific um, Utah State's offense is. And, and then defensively, you know, you go to last week against watching the Utah State and Boise State game. Uh, Boise State was fabulous last week um, inside the 25s. Um, Utah State put up the stats, they put up the yards, but when it mattered most, they made big plays in the big moments to prevent Utah State from getting in the end zone. And so with, uh, again, just how um, dominant this offense, Utah State's offense can be, I think if the defense can come up with some big plays, uh, potentially some big turnovers in the red zone, I think that's really going to bode in BYU's favor uh, for tonight. Um, And and then a couple other things. I think offensively, the balanced attack, I personally think Baylor thrives um, when the rush game, I mean, thrives more as a passer when the rush game is dialed in. Um, And so I want to see that happen. And then defensively, no injuries, right? We, we've yeah. seen too many. If they Please, can stay, no injuries. Yeah, no if, more. If they can stay healthy and then also get off the field. No more uh, 12, 14, 19 play drives um, that just doesn't let the offense get in a rhythm um, and the defense gets wor- worn down. So if they can stay healthy, get off the field, uh, I think we're in a good position. All right, I lied. One more question. How excited are you that the uh, the BYU bench has been moved in front of the Utah State fans? You're gonna You're going to have a fun night, right? It's it's always a blast. I mean, <laughs> it, well, this one's going to be fun. This is like the the only true, really, or so far this season, right. a road experience, right? Um, and so I, I'm excited. It's going to be loud. Nothing new. I mean, I, I stand in front of the rock. I I, I don't think they're going to be as loud as the rock. So I, I think whatever they bring, no, but the rock, I, I the rock likes it. you. They do. They do. The, the rock is pro BYU. They they exactly. <laughs> um, as far as a noise level. 
it's I, I don't think it's going to match. But uh, but you're right. I mean, it, it's it's going to be a fun atmosphere. I love these. I, I love these. They games. are fun. Yeah. Um, the one thing that's you know with this uh, with the way that the stadium is built, I mean, the, the fans are so close to these players. They're going to be close to me. I, I'm sure I all even get heckled. You know, this is uh, anybody wearing BYU royal blue <laughs> is uh, I think a target tonight. So yeah, I, I think you're I think you're right. It should be a good one, Mitch. Thank yeah. you so much. Great stuff as always, and uh, we'll hear you roaming the sidelines tonight. Yep, thanks, Jason. There we go. Mitchell Jurgens on the other side. You'll get to hear from new Aggie head coach Blake Anderson and his thoughts on his first BYU-Utah State game. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Getting you ready for BYU and Utah State. Earlier today, I was able to talk with the head coach of the Aggies, Blake Anderson, in year one here in Logan. Here's our conversation. Coach, I know a lot of people on the outside looking in have said that they are surprised by Utah State's 3-1 and start. I guess my first question to you is, are you surprised by the 3-1 and start? Well, I don't, I don't really know if I knew what to expect. You know, 1-5 uh, and five last year, and, and obviously things have not gone well, but I, I didn't know what the opponents were going to look like either. So I, I was just trying to get to know our team. I have been um, – I mean, I've been, I've been surprised at every turn with this group, how hard they work the willingness to adapt to new coach and staff and schemes and all that. But um, I think we knew early in, in the process that, that we had talent that we could work with that might give us a chance to be competitive and, and that this group was not afraid of work, not afraid of playing with, uh, with really, really good effort. And, and, uh, and so I think that translated over. Now, uh, again, we're finding out who our opponents are one week at a time. And in that sense, I think maybe we've been a little bit surprised that we've been able to compete as quickly as we did against really good opponents. What's the confidence level of the team right now? Because especially with the way that you have won games in terms of being down, not giving up, fighting, really what you were talking about in terms of how this team is, has just continued to fight and claw, what's the confidence level even coming off of a loss with this group right now? I think it's high. We've had a really good week, very positive energy in the building. I think if, if we had come out of the Boise game feeling like we were just outmatched, it would have been a different. But what we found was physically we, were, we matched up very, very well. We just made a lot of mistakes, and those are things that we can address. Uh, so uh, they've, they've gained a lot of confidence from being able to play well late in games and come from behind and win. I think that's built our confidence level. And I think we go into tonight feeling like we can compete with these guys, even though it's the best team we've seen on film all year. So. I like where we're at. I think we learned a lot this last week, kind of an eye-opening experience that effort and energy alone don't get it done. You have to have execution as well, and I'm hoping that we execute better tonight. While you've played two quarterbacks, and we'll certainly use Andrew Peasley at times, I know you've mentioned that you don't want this to turn into a true two-quarterback system, that you do want to lean on Logan Bonner. He's a really versatile guy, and he's been with you for a while, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been with me for since he was 17 years old. I think we were talking the other day. I did a home visit at his house when he was 17. He turned 24 a couple of days ago. So we've been together a while. We got a little bit of a way from our comfort zone last week with uh, with bouncing between quarterbacks. We want to 
let his experience, his ability to spread the ball around, uh, be what helps our offense move. And then we want to sprinkle in Peasley little by little as a change of pace. And it will look more like a true one quarterback system moving forward tonight. Uh, I'm hoping that he plays, you know, his best football. He made a couple of mistakes last week that he cannot make, that he knows better than, you know, the, the plays that he tried to make. So if he'll play well and protect the ball, ball it gives us a chance to win. BYU's offense is coming off of its best performance of the season in terms of scoring points. How do you feel your defense matches up with what the Cougars have shown on film? Well, there's some struggles there, there's no doubt, because there's no weaknesses. Uh, Best offensive line we've seen, obviously either quarterback has proven the ability to make plays, running back is physical, probably NFL caliber tight end, and and then wide out size and speed. I think our only advantage may be quickness uh, in space and, and if we get into just a slugfest with them, just power football, we don't match up well. But speed and quickness and space, hopefully that plays into our our favor, and we can hopefully make them uncomfortable. But uh, it is a very difficult matchup. Physically, the best group of guys that we will have matched up against all season. Uh, but uh, I think our guys are excited about the challenge. And, and like I said, I'm hoping that our speed and quickness can can create some plays for us and maybe create some turnovers. I know you've been asked all week about this rivalry. What do you know about the BYU-Utah State rivalry, and what have you learned in even just this week preparing for what this game means for both sides? Well, I found out real quickly that both sides don't like each other very much. That's what a rivalry is built about. You know, it's uh, I- I've not had the luxury of uh, the last seven years of having a close proximity rival like this, uh, you know, just through the, through the past. I, that's what I love about college ball. I love it about high school ball, that natural rivalry. I've been a part of a couple of those in the past in my career, and, and they're some of the most memorable environments and games that I've been a part of. I, I love this this game, and I love the fact that we get to experience here. Our kids that have grown up in the area, it is a passionate rivalry for them. It bleeds through our building. I, I found out I think maybe the second or third question I got when I took the job here my very first interview was about this game. Made it very clear, very quickly, this is one that you need to be prepared for. So to me, I, I absolutely love the the opportunity to be a part of this every year, the tradition in history. Now, I'm sure I'll, uh, I'll learn to appreciate it even more being a part of it for real. But leading up till today, guys, if people in the Valley have made no bones about this one matters. So with everything that you just said, then what type of atmosphere are you expecting at Maverick Stadium tonight? Electric, sold out, standing room only, blacked out, electric environment. It should be everything that you want college football to be tonight at seven o'clock. Coach, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. I really do appreciate it. And uh, we'll see a fun one tonight for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, that was Utah State head coach Blake Anderson. And as I look out over the field, obviously everybody's still filing in, all of the BYU students in their black. It is a blackout for Utah State. But, you know, he mentioned expecting it to be an electric atmosphere. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, the stadium obviously is not that big. It's just over 25,000. But with the way that it's, it's built and situated, and now with the BYU bench being moved over towards the side where the students are, it certainly sounds louder than you would think it is when you just look at the fact that there's only 25,000 seats or 
plus here at uh, at Maverick Stadium. It's certainly going to be a crazy one tonight, as they usually are when you take on a rival. All right, when we come back, we'll check out some other scores. Not a whole lot else going on on a Friday night, but we'll update you on uh, what is, will be a future Big 12 conference uh, opponent. They are in action taking on Tulsa. We'll update you on all the action when we come back. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's get you caught up on some other scores going on tonight in college football. And obviously on a Friday night, certainly not going to have the number of games that you would have on a Saturday afternoon or evening. Tonight's game between 13th-ranked BYU and Utah State, one of only two games that will be played tonight that features a team in the top 25. The other game is underway at Maryland, number 5 Iowa and Maryland. They are scoreless in the first quarter, 9-16 to go in that one. Also, at the end of the first quarter, the University of Houston Cougars, soon to be a conference opponent of the BYU Cougars when everybody joins the Big 12 coming up in a couple of seasons. They are on the road taking on Tulsa. It is 14-0 as the second quarter gets underway in favor of Houston. Here's the best part about these other two games. they Neither of these games, the Houston-Tulsa game or the Iowa-Maryland game, are on the same network as the, the TV broadcast for tonight's BYU-Utah State game. So the the option that we typically have of games sliding, not going to have to worry about that one tonight. There is no game prior to that uh, will force our game to slide here in Logan. All right, that's going to do it. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Also brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by a local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside Maverick Stadium in Logan, Utah, where tonight BYU and Utah State renew their in-state rivalry under the Friday night lights. It's the 4-0 Cougs and the 3-1 Aggies meeting for the first time in two years. The game is sold out for Utah State. It's a blackout. And for BYU, another chance to ball out as one of only 26 undefeated teams left in the FBS. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel. With me in the booth is the slinging, scrambling southpaw, the former BYU and Utah State quarterback, Riley Nelson. And uh, Riley, for the second time in five games, it's a rivalry game for the Cougs. Uh, BYU had a full house for its win over Utah. And it'll be jam-packed tonight as the Cougs come calling in Logan. As someone who grew up in the Cache Valley, 
You know how much this game means to this community and the Utah State football program. BYU will be challenged to match the Aggies' energy tonight. This should be a fun one on Friday Night Football. This traditionally hasn't been a game that uh, people have looked forward to for different reasons. BYU fans, because it was traditionally not competitive, and Utah State fans, because it was another year in which they were going to have to take a loss at the hands of one of their in-state rivals. But tonight, that will not be the story. 3-1 and one Utah State, undefeated BYU. Uh, both teams coming off performances that I think they have a lot to learn and improve from. The difference in tonight's game will be who cleaned up those mistakes and then who can come out and execute tonight. Uh, the team that does that best will come away with the victory. Last time BYU played here in 2019, uh, BYU won going away with uh, Jaron Hall starting at quarterback, but Baylor Romney finishing two years later. Jaron Hall is once again BYU's starter, but he's not going to start tonight. It'll be Baylor Romney in place of an ailing Hall for the second straight week. But all BYU's done with Baylor is win games. The Cougs are 3-0 and in Baylor Romney's starts, including last week's 35-27 home win over South Florida. Romney was outstanding, becoming the 18th BYU player and 8th sophomore to record a single-game pass efficiency of 200 or better as a three-game starter. Baylor has thrown eight touchdowns and only one interception. Coming up next, BYU head coach Kalani Sitake with the latest on BYU's quarterback dynamic and a preview of tonight's in-state showdown between, between his Cougars and the Aggies of Utah State as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Kalani's interview is next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We are live inside Maverick Stadium in Logan for the 90th meeting of BYU and Utah State on the gridiron. USU has won two of the last three meetings. BYU's won three of the last five, six of the last ten, and 16 of the last 20. Blowouts have been the norm over the last decade. Since 2012, the narrowest margin of victory for either side has been 15 points. The last meeting two years ago here in Logan saw the largest winning margin in the last 15 years. BYU took the 2019 get-together by a 42-14 to score in that game. BYU starting QB Jaron Hall was spectacular. He ran for two scores, was efficient through the air, but got hurt and left the game. Baylor Romney came in and threw for two scores, and now in 2021, the Romney for Hall storyline is back, and a short time ago, BYU head coach Kalani Sitake confirmed that it'll be Baylor behind center once again tonight. That's right. He, he deserves it. Uh, after, you know, we, we had some time with Jaron in practice. Uh, we feel like this is the right thing to do as far as uh, Jaron's not 100%, not ready to go. So uh, we'll be with Baylor and Jacob Conover tonight. And uh, is it a healing process with Jaron to the point where he gets back at some point here in the, in the short term? Or? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and for us to feel comfortable with him being back on the field. And, and um, you know, he wants to play, but we, we have to do the smart thing. And, and, and that, that is protect him and, and make sure that he heals properly and get him back to full strength before we put him on the field again. Meantime, you and all of Baylor's teammates are very comfortable with how he plays the game. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and we know that he's, he, you know, he has a great uh, command of the offense, and we trust him. And so uh, 
uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let him roll with it. This will be another start for him. He has a lot of weapons to go to, and obviously we're, we're down a, a couple guys, but I think uh, I think I think our offense will be fine. In your bowl game last year, uh, James didn't play at center. Joe Tukawafo left the game early, and Connor Pay, Pay, Pay ended up playing a lot of center, and that mm-hmm. bowl game played well. And you're going to go back to Connor tonight. That's right. And Connor and will be up there, and uh, Campbell Barrington at right tackle. So uh, we, we feel good about those guys stepping in and, and making plays for us on the O-line. And, uh, you know, if we have to go with a little bit more depth than we will, but the guys had a great week of practice and looking forward to seeing them play. Yeah. Are you pleased overall with how the depth has been asked to respond and has responded through a month here? I am. I just don't like going to the depth as much as, as we have, but it's okay. That's part of the game. And, uh, you know, this, this is a, a physical game where, where injuries do happen. We knew that going into it. And, and so because of it, we I think we're well prepared. Um, you know, we just need to find ways to stay healthier. But, but that's part of the game when you're dealing with really good teams and teams that are physical as well. How well prepared is this team this week to walk into a truly hostile environment for the first time in a while? Yeah, we'll find out. I'm, I told the guys to embrace it, have fun with it tonight. I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. This is what college football is all about. Uh, I want them to enjoy it. And, um, you know, but, but also know what we want to get done here. We, we, we want to make a statement. We want to get, get our, you know, make sure that we know our assignments and that we have a goal in mind. And that's that's not really anything to involve the crowd in. It's just for us to do our part and, uh, you know, come come out with the win as much as we can. Get the rest of us in a position to have a lot of success. What are a couple of things that you think will have to happen for you to have the kind of success you want tonight? Yeah, I think for us to just play consistently and, and do it for, you know, 60 minutes. I think we've got to be able to step up and own the line of scrimmage. That's going to be the key. And then... Online scrimmage can be done for a lot of different ways. I think I think uh, Utah State will bring a lot of pressure to try to get the, the line scrimmage owned by them, and, and we have to withstand the pressure, and we might have to rely on some three-man rush and some pressure as well on defense. So um, it's going to be a, you know kind of a chess game. Let's see who, who's willing to sacrifice as much as they can to own the line of scrimmage, and we'll see if it costs people. But for us, we feel comfortable with uh, being able to do a, a bunch of versatile things that we, we can do on offense and defense to try to own that scrim- line of scrimmage for us. The way Utah State plays offensively, can spread you out a little bit defensively there's a challenge there isn't there yeah very similar to UCF that we saw in the bowl game and um yeah and and, and it's it, it puts you it tests you because uh you know they, they may run down the field and they use a lot of different formations and different personnel groups and so we're going to need more than just 11 guys on the field we're going to need another 22 to come in and rotate and uh the, we're, we're I feel like we've been working on this and we've been, been aiming for this position for our defense uh, we'll see if we can weather the storm they're going to go fast probably faster than what we've ever seen but uh, that's okay. I, I think that for us, we need to make them pay for going fast and get the ball back to our offense as soon as we can. You bring up UCF, and this is probably the fastest tempo team you'll have seen since the bowl game, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's what they hang their hat on, and it's caused a lot of issues for other teams that you see in the first four games. And, uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't do that to us, but we feel we've prepped the right way. We'll see how it goes. It just, you can never simulate it until we get to the game. So the game, here it is, and, and we felt good about our prep, but we'll see when, when, once it goes live. You were down a couple guys defensively last week got through it and you do get some reinforcements back on the defensive side of the ball we do and having Nysa and Batty back are going to be big for us trying to own the line of scrimmage um, yeah, we, we have to play fundamentally well tackle well block well and make sure that we take care of the football and, and I, I think we'll be in a good position second time in your first five games you get to play an in-state game a rivalry game and there's always a good vibe to that isn't there yeah it's kind of nice uh, you know we were here we've been here long enough to play three home games and, and the weather's changing on us a little bit you see the leaves changing so it's nice that we haven't left the 
State. We're looking forward to playing up here in Logan. Looking forward to this game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, I didn't mention uh, Jake Oldroyd. Haven't asked about him in a while. How's he coming along this week, and can he kick for you? We'll find out in pregame. It comes. It's a, it's a game time decision for him, and and for uh, you know, it's basically how is how that how he's feeling that day. So we'll see how it goes. If not, Justin will, will be up and be ready to roll. All right, Kalani. Thank you for the preview. Best of luck against Utah State. We'll talk to you post game. Thanks, Greg. Let's go. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. And this has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar kickoff show is coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth alongside Riley Nelson. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And once again, good evening, Cougar Nation. We greet you from the beautiful Cash Valley in Logan, Utah. We're inside a sold-out Maverick Stadium for tonight's battle for the Wagon Wheel Trophy, a trophy currently held by BYU after the Cougs' 42-14 win over Utah State two years ago right here in Logan. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson with you from high above field level. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Juergens reports for us from field level and the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for live. Zions Bank is for you. Our booth host is Jason Shepard, our engineer Michael Wimmer, statistician Ralph Sokolowski, spotter Jake Murphy, in-studio engineers Sean Fay and Barry Squires, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operators Corbin Radford and Tanner Graff. Our broadcast interns are Trevor Rich here in Logan and Alex Dotson in the studio. Our listening audience with us tonight on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, our satellite flagship, BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and 89.1 FM HD2. Our Salt Lake City flagship KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. And we are around the globe on a variety of apps and online streams. Well, for a second straight week, Jaron Hall is sidelined by an upper body injury. And clearly, the idea is to give him as much time as possible to heal in preparation for the grueling back half of the schedule. Meantime, Baylor Romney just goes out and goes lights out. Over 13 games played, his pass efficiency rating is in the 160s. In his three starts, it's in the 170s. Riley. Although they are two different styles of quarterback, there's essentially no drop-off from Jaron Hall to Baylor Romney, and not too many teams can say that when talking about their QB situation. No, they can't. <clears throat> Excuse me. And n- nobody likes to make it all about the quarterback more than me, but let me just take a moment and credit the supporting cast uh, surrounding both of these quarterbacks, the offensive line, the playmakers on the edge, the tight ends who d- do the combo work, and then Tyler Algier, complimented by Lopini Katoa, have made it very easy on these quarterbacks quarterbacks to be able to come in and do their jobs which is make good decisions make plays when needed and get the ball in the hands of their playmakers which to me is a big contributor to that success you just mentioned more of the BYU store Cougar kickoff show straight ahead but before the break we remind you to stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire plus no credit needed financing Big O Tires the team you trust The Cougar kickoff show continues right after this, live from Logan on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and USU straight ahead, 24th time. These two schools are meeting on a Friday night. BYU's won 17 of the previous 23 Friday get-togethers, but the Aggies have won the last three Friday night meetings. BYU comes in to tonight's game off a sixth straight win, 13th consecutive home victory, 35-27 over a feisty South Florida squad. USU lost at home 27-3 to Boise State last Saturday. The contrast was stark. BYU scored on five of eight possessions, five touchdowns on eight possessions, with the eighth possession being a clock killer to end the game. They weren't trying to score. Meantime, USU racked up almost 450 yards and scored only a single field goal. Riley, BYU OC Aaron Roderick's credo is don't do the things that get you beat. Last week, BYU was nearly perfect in that respect, whereas the Aggies were beating themselves against Boise. Yeah, and that... That mantra is never more relevant or important than on the road in a hostile environment. Priority number one, eliminate self-defeating mistakes. Baylor has done that so far in his career. We'll see if he continues to do that here tonight. All right, time now for tonight's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature. At Hyatt Place Provo, your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And clearly, BYU is very comfortable when the Romney brothers are on the field. Baylor's team win record is now 3-0 after last week's start against South Florida and had BYU's first 300-yard passing game of the season, while brother Gunner hauled in a touchdown pass for a third consecutive week. He comes into tonight's game three catches shy of 100 for his BYU career. We're back with more of the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show, live from Maverick Stadium in Logan on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Coming up, 4-0 BYU visiting 3-1 Utah State. BYU 4-0 in back-to-back seasons for the first time ever. A win tonight would make BYU 5-0 for only the seventh time in program history. USU's 3-0 start before the loss to Boise. What is their first 3-0 opening in 43 years? BYU comes into tonight's game ranked 13th in the AP poll since 6th-ranked Boise State visited Logan 12 years ago. BYU's the highest-ranked team to play at Maverick Stadium. Utah State has never beaten a team ever, beaten a team in the top 15. Meantime, BYU's never lost a game in Logan when the Cougars have been ranked. Riley, BYU always wears a target in this stadium, but whether it's here or Waco or Pullman or the Coliseum in L.A., as long as BYU remains an undefeated team, it's a big... Big, big bullseye, and the Kooks need to be expecting every week, every opponent's biggest swing. Most definitely, and playing spoiler is something that every uh, player relishes, especially when you're not in a conference. BYU's an independent, so it's not like it's conference standings that play jockeying for position. Whenever you have an undefeated team coming that's ranked highly, you want nothing more as that opponent than to send those boys packing sad and with an L uh, back to their house, and that's no different for the Aggies here tonight. Coming up, it'll be down to field level and hear from Mitchell Jurgens after we tell you that mouth-watering Hawaiian-style food is just minutes away from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. For fresh off-the-grill chicken, teriyaki steak, and sizzling shrimp, Coconut Island Grill has the island flavors your mouth has been waiting for. Text the word ALOHA to 61090 to get 15% off your next meal at Coconut Island Grill. That's the word ALOHA to 61090 to get 15% off your next meal at Coconut Island Grill. The BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues after this live from Maverick Stadium in Logan on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Conference weekend football under the Friday night lights. Number 13, BYU visiting Utah State. First game BYU will play in front of a truly hostile crowd since BYU's last visit to Logan two years ago. Of course, last season, 2020, there was no such thing as a sold-out stadium. And in 2019, after winning in Logan, BYU didn't really face any kind of true uh, enemy road environment to compare to the one the Cougars will face here tonight. Let's head down now to field level and former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reports to us from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. And uh, Mitch, uh, there will also be a change in sideline scenery for the Cougars tonight. The visiting bench has been moved in front of the Rockus student section, so things are going to be a little louder for you too. But, of course, you've been trained by the Rock so far this season. So it'll be interesting to see how BYU handles a real road crowd for the first time in a long time. Yeah, Greg, I, I expect a few heckles tonight from the, from the students here as I uh, walk from end zone to end zone on the sideline tonight. Uh, not only is, you know, is this a rival, uh, but these stands are the closest to the playing field I've ever seen. So there's really no escaping these Aggie students tonight. Uh, but to the road crowd atmosphere, yes, I mean, this will be not only BYU's first road game-like experience this season, but as you mentioned, with the lack of fans in the stands last season, it's been a long time since BYU has had to play with opposing noise as the offense drives down the field and attempts to convert on third downs. Um, so, you know, and even though Maverick Stadium isn't a very big stadium, that doesn't mean it'll be any less quiet from what I've witnessed uh, playing here in 2015. Uh, BYU will for sure have a test tonight, but as long as they can come or they can play composed and calm and not give in or become distracted by the noise, I don't think they'll have a problem um, silencing this crowd with some big drives um, and uh, scores from the offensive side. Thank you, Mitch. Great stuff. Uh, in preparation, the offense moved inside this week at the IPF. The defense practiced outside, but the offense was indoors with the speakers cranked every night to simulate crowd noise and uh, the difficulty in communicating. So we'll see how that pays off for BYU tonight. We, certainly, we know that certainly crowd noise had a competitive impact in the Arizona State game in particular. 16 penalties that night by the Sun Devils, uh, many of which were crowd-influenced false starts. We'll see how the Cougars handle the noise here in Logan tonight. Coming up next, we'll have Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss, and the opening kickoff. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show, live from Maverick Stadium in Logan, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.